You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, White Sox Weekly, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. Get the fireworks ready. White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890. Good afternoon and welcome into White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. We got you for an hour of White Sox talk this afternoon and we have plenty to talk about today, believe it or not. A couple of moves here for the White Sox in this offseason, one that has been, well, a little bit slow all across Major League Baseball, but the Sox have done us a favor and given us a couple of things to talk about here Uh, Most notably, the signing of Miguel Gonzalez to a one-year deal. He will rejoin the White Sox starting rotation. Pitched, of course, for the White Sox in 2017. And in 2016, he was traded the last day of August this past season. And uh, a a small waiver pickup, Jose Rondon, a middle infielder from the San Diego Padres, two of the latest moves for the White Sox. We'll get into both of those and how they affect the ball club in just a few minutes. We also have a couple of guests, some star-studded guests, in fact. Uh, But before we get to the guest list, you can join us in Glendale, Arizona, for White Sox spring training. Single-game tickets for the 2018 Cactus League season at Camelback Ranch are on sale now and start at just $10. To purchase tickets online, visit whitesox.com slash spring or camelbackranchbaseball.com. You can also call 1-800-352-0212. So, lots to get to, and as we're talking about spring training, it, it seems like it's getting closer and closer. Of course, Sox Fest right around the corner as well. We'll tell you about uh, when those dates are coming up in a little bit on the show, in case you haven't booked your tickets yet, and you might want to. I've got a list of, uh, in fact, we went over the list of players going to Sox Fest. There have been some added. A lot of big names headed down to the hotel late January. You want to get yourself out there. Of course, we'll be doing shows throughout the weekend as well and bringing interviews with uh, various White Sox players, coaches, ambassadors, all that good stuff. Uh, But for today, here's the guest list for the afternoon. Here's what we are up to. We're going to talk with Chris Getz, the director of player development, just after the 1230 news. We'll get caught up with Chris. Uh, The White Sox hitters camp is this coming weekend, so a chance for Chris and a few others in the front office and coaching staff to go down and see some of the elite prospects and some of the guys, uh, some of the younger players in the organization get their things together and see where everyone's at. Looking forward to talking to everybody at Sox Fest, too, about that hitters camp and about everything that's kind of percolating around the edges for the White Sox. One more interview this afternoon, and we'll bring that to you in just a couple of minutes. In fact, we're going to talk with Joaquin Soria, the newly acquired reliever for the White Sox. Soria, no stranger to White Sox fans, having pitched for the Royals and for the Tigers and the Pirates and Rangers along the way. He's thrown against the White Sox a few times or two. We'll talk with him about what it's like to be on this side of the AL Central and what his expectations are for the 2018 season. Before we talk to Joaquim, let's get into the the biggest news, the 
the top news for the White Sox over the last couple of days. Miguel Gonzalez is back on a one-year deal. Just under $5 million or so is the number for Miguel. 4.75, the number. And and really, as as we were talking about this when we were doing the review preview series and, and talking a lot about the, the starting rotation and how that would kind of pan out, I, I think a lot of us were under the assumption not that it couldn't happen, but under the assumption that Carlos Rodon was not going to start the year with the big league club. And this gives, I suppose it still could. You know, They haven't ruled that out necessarily, but with the way the White Sox have been very conservative and very cautious, I guess, probably the better word, with uh, for dealing with their, their injured players going to last season, you think about the, uh, the Nicky Delmonico sprained wrist, the Rodon injury to start the year, the list goes on. Knowing that they are where they are in their competitive window, that they need to get you know everything together before you start you know playing through injuries, or you get situations that'll pop up where a player might say something like, "If this were Game Seven of a of a World Series, I would be playing for sure." It's April 9th, and the the need just isn't quite there. As we're talking about the rotation, however, Miguel fits a very specific need. He's a guy who understands where the franchise is at. Having been here the last two seasons, having seen a lot of the remake go on over two off-seasons now, having been a part of that rebuild in bringing back a young player from the Rangers organization when he was traded to Texas, Tyquan Forbes, the infielder that came back in that trade in case you've forgotten. Miguel understands where things are at. He also understands the guys in the clubhouse, he also understands, and I think the White Sox understand, how to get as much out of him as he possibly can. You know, he had a stretch of nine starts last year that were all quality. He, you know, kind of bounced around back and forth with uh, a couple of issues, some health issues that, you know, he actually mentioned, and, and so did Ricky Renteria on a conference call with reporters earlier this week that, you know, he kind of played that injury, Ricky said, a little close to the vest, right? Something that he wanted to try and pitch through, something that, as we were just talking about, you know, maybe he didn't need to. Maybe by being a little bit more forthcoming, they would have been able to kind of avoid that, maybe skip a start, maybe get him better for the long haul as opposed to missing and, and being you know, a little subpar over a few starts. Having ironed out that piece of the relationship, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket as well. Knowing that the relationship between... John Cooper, Miguel Gonzalez, and Ricky Renneria, and Rick Hahn. You know, that's all, that's all set. That's all good to go. Also, just as it, it'll be, and we'll ask Joaquin Sori about it in a couple of minutes, just as it'll be with, with really anybody in that bullpen or, or any piece that, you know, may be a little bit outside the competitive window that the White Sox have been setting up for some time now, kind of painstakingly setting up with the acquisition of young players, it's pretty obvious that Miguel realizes that if he pitches well again, come trade deadline, he could be on the move again. That would be a good thing, hopefully for him, hopefully for the organization that picks him up, and of course, hopefully for the White Sox. Able to bring back a young guy with a little bit of shine on him in the last trade deadline, perhaps he'll be able to do the same in the next one. I, I think most importantly what this does too is, you know, as you look at the rotation, you know, and you go from top to bottom, if Carlos Rodon, and let's deal with it this way just for the sake of argument here on the show, if Carlos Rodon is not able to start the season in the rotation, and I, I think that's probably the best way, the most safest way to do it, then you go 
Miguel, in no particular order, though, I'm going to put the veteran, veterans first. Then you go James Shields, Miguel Gonzalez, Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, and perhaps, as has been mentioned a couple of times, by Rick Hahn, and we'll see what the uh, we'll see what kind of the talk of Soxfest is once we get there in a couple of weeks. But Carson Fulmer seems to be the guy to round out that rotation. Uh, Carson's only made a couple of starts, two of them good, one of them awful. You know, Carson's a young man who's working himself in, and although he you know has the draft pedigree and has spent his time in the minor leagues. Rushing anybody at this point just isn't in the White Sox M.O. So being able to have that fifth spot be perhaps a bit of a competition, having that fifth spot be perhaps perhaps even a, a spot where you could theoretically sign another veteran, you know, to bounce out some innings, to round some things out, you know, somebody low cost, high upside kind of guy, that. That possibility remains open for the White Sox at this point. You still have guys like Dylan Covey, Jordan Stevens, Jordan Guerrero, who could make moves to get onto this 40-man roster and and perhaps feature in the rotation with good springs. Um, you have some long shots, too. A guy perhaps like Ian Clarkin, who is on the 40-man roster. Now, you know, th- those are you know kind of longer shots. Clarkin, a guy who's just 22 at this point, he'll turn 23 in February, so yeah, you know it's those are your long shots, but you allow yourself to kind of have that competition in spring, which is we talked about it quite a bit in the last off season and maybe even the off season before that. You know, competition I think breeds the best out of out of players in spring, especially when you can kind of dangle. And we'll talk perhaps a little bit about this with Chris Getz in just a couple of minutes. You get to dangle a little bit of that carrot out there. You get to put that opportunity out there for a number of young ball players and whether they succeed or whether they fail in in achieving that specific carrot, you've given them the experience of going after one already, right? You, you've had the ability to say, all right, go get this. Go get this done. And in perhaps a failure, they learn what it is that they've done wrong. They learn how to change their approach to chasing after something specific for guys who do succeed and even still perhaps aren't given the job. You know, guys... Minor leaguers who aren't on the forty man and get you know thrown back into AAA to fend things off. You got to stay mentally tough through that as well. And I think Carson is a guy who's kind of understood that. And you know, a lot of players have had springs that have been filled with achievement. You think of Matt Davidson a couple of springs ago and have been pushed back to AAA and had to get things right. You have to deal with with that kind, that particular kind of disappointment in this game too. Take a quick break here for some commercials. White Sox games, though, are better with a group. Group events are perfect for clients, employees, celebrating or fundraising. Bring your group of 10 or more for a great experience with specially priced tickets. It's never too early to start planning 2018. For more information, call 312-674-6330 or visit WhiteSox.com. More White Sox Weekly after the break. I'm Connor McKnight, WLS AMA 90. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. And Sox fans, you can sign up for SoxFest 2018 right now to receive a Hawk Harrelson talking bobblehead. The exclusive giveaway item is only available through SoxFest hotel packages. Join us January 26th through January 28th for a weekend of White Sox baseball you won't want to miss. Hotel packages are available now 
at whitesox.com slash SoxFest. We'll get back to talking about Miguel Gonzalez and how his coming back to the White Sox affects the starting rotation. We'll talk about, about the other new guy, Jose Rondon, who was added from the Padres to a little bit after the 1230 news. Chris Getz, the White Sox Director of Player Development, coming up right after the news. But right now, it's our pleasure to talk on the phone with new White Sox reliever Joaquin Soria, acquired just a couple of days ago. Joaquin, thanks, first of all, so much for being on the show. I'm sure the last week or so has been a little crazy for you. Looking forward to you being on the White Sox, and congrats on the new spot. Well, thank you for inviting me. And, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a little a little bit crazy in the house, but, I mean, at the end of the day, this is my job, and, uh, and uh, we expect uh, as a player that uh, at some point you get traded. Where were you, Joaquim, and, and what were you up to when you found out that you were on the move? Actually, I was in Mexico uh, visiting my, my family on the, for the New Year's Eve. I was in, in the house of my grandmother, and uh, I got a call from Dayton Moore, the Kansas City General, General Manager, and that's where I went. Uh, that's what I was. It's got to be kind of a unique thing to get a call from Moore like that. I mean, you... You were part of that organization for so long, for two times. You know, I, I wonder what your thoughts are on, on leaving an organization that did, you know, where, where you really blossomed. Well, I mean, I, I'm always, I always been a, a loyal guy, and uh, I appreciate everything that the Royals, the Royals uh, did for me. Uh, they gave me the chance. That was the first team that I, well, I broke, I broke to the major with them, and uh, uh, I always, I always be grateful. For, uh, to them because they give me the chance, and uh, but I mean in this part, like I said at the first, this is part of the of the job. I mean sometimes it's the, it, it makes sense for the team to trade you. I I imagine after you sat down with the news and kind of let it sink in some, you you had to realize that you'd be pitching in a division that you probably know by heart. I mean I know there's a lot of new kids around, but boy you've seen just about every hitter this division can throw at you. Does that familiarity you, you think help some? Well, it does. It does help that that I know the guys, but I mean they know me too. So I mean uh, I've been in the Central Division for a long time with the Royals and the Tigers. Uh, uh, but, but you know what? Uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, this is part of the job, and and one of the things that we have to do is adjust. And uh, I'm just gonna adjust to to the new organization, and and uh, be just fine. Have you had a chance to uh, to talk with your manager, Ricky Renteria, yet? I did, I did. I, in fact, I did the first the first day that that, that I find the news. I, I talked to him, and uh, it was a pleasant conversation. And and and, then, and I'm excited to go to go to the White Sox. I mean, everybody seems really nice, and 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 I hope I I can perform and do everything I can. Uh, and I want to do everything I can to help this team win. Do you have expectations for yourself? I mean, maybe that was part of the conversation with with Ricky too. The White Sox bullpen. Uh, is is going to look much different this year than it did last year. A lot of trades last season. There's you know potentially a closer job for, up for competition. Is is that something you see yourself fitting right in on? Well, uh, um, being a closer is uh, what I was doing the most of my career, and uh, I know that I know the area. I know I know how to do that stuff, and for sure I'm going to be competing. I mean, this is a uh, it's a competition since day one, and and and. Uh, and obviously, this is a big role. Being a closer is a big role for for any bullpen. So I want to try to get it for sure. And, and like I say, I just want to just give everything I have to 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 make the 
to make an impact in the in the clubhouse and in the in the team and then and uh, why not? I mean, get the division for us. Talking with Joaquin Soria here on White Sox Weekly. Joaquin, I, I wonder what you think about how bullpens have changed over the last couple of years. You, you know, the Royals, as they kind of made their run, guys had set innings, and I think you know that's kind of how you came up with it too. Uh, the Indians, who made their run into the World Series two years ago, had you know that Andrew Miller thing in the middle of innings, pitching you know the sixth and the seventh, or maybe the seventh and the eighth, kind of a, a fireman role. Uh, do you think? You know, as the game changes some, that we can see, you know, some of those top-tier elite relievers, you know, like yourself, work, you know, multiple innings, not be necessarily a, a closer. Is that a good thing? Well, I mean, uh, this is uh, some conversation that happened in the past. Like, uh, uh, now baseball has changed so much, and, and the late late inning re- relievers, most of the team, they try to get seven, eight, nine guy. So, uh, uh Many people think that uh, that uh, that we should pitch in the in the situation where the where the games need you the most. It doesn't necessarily be the nine inning, but there is something special about that nine inning. There is something special that not many people understand, that not many people can do. And I think that's important for us to have roles and to be prepared for those roles. You talked a little bit about adjustments uh, earlier, and, and you made it seems you know looking at the some of the numbers, some adjustments last season. I wonder, you know, if that's if that's something that you're conscious of. I'm, I'm sure it is a little bit. You're, the fastball velocity was up for you, Joaquin. You threw a lot of changeups. Is that is that a change in your repertoire? Is that something you focused on doing? Is that something that the season kind of presented you with? Well, the previous season I had a rough, uh, a rough season, uh, especially in my command. I tried to uh, be more effective last year, and uh, it helps. Uh, my ERA was a little high because of one or two outings, but uh, overall I was pitching really well. Uh, yeah, the changeup it was it was something that I that I improved uh, last year. I used it I used it as a as a weapon in my new repertoire, and uh, uh, but not I mean not necessarily uh, a big difference. It's just like a confidence in, in the new pitch and, and just show it. Have you uh, spoken with Don Cooper yet, the White Sox pitching coach? I know he's got a lot of thoughts on, on trying to get guys you know, to use their arsenals as best as they possibly can. And I, I, I suppose if you haven't yet, that conversation in spring training is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, I, I already talked with Don and uh, seems like a pretty nice guy to me. And, uh, and, and, and then, like you say, I mean, spring training is, uh, is over the corner and uh, a lot of, a lot of, Guys going to camp and and you know they always have a uh, a breakout year for some guys and I hope it does for us and uh, like like you say I mean every year is different and 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 I'm excited to go and to a spring training and compete. So Joaquim, I was looking back through your numbers this last season and the thing that popped out to me big you allowed just one home run last season in a year where everybody was popping home runs left and right. I, I know keep the ball down is a big thing for relievers, but one is pretty spectacular. How do you avoid? Is it is it too easy to ask how you avoid the long ball? Were you was it a little bit of luck and a little bit of plan? One is pretty pretty nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you think you would think about that the stat. I mean, yeah, last year they it was, uh, it was they set up a record uh the history of the major leagues on home runs. Yeah. And uh, the fact that I was just the largest one it was it was impressive impressive to me too. And uh I think it was just the fact that I said before I just tried to, to be a, a more 
yeah, that I tried to throw a little like quality quality pitches instead of like, just like just throwing, and uh, and it worked for me last year. Joaquin, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Glad Sox fans will get to know you, and we will see you in spring training. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, I, I'm glad to be in, in White Sox organization. And, and one thing that uh, they always going to expect from me is just, I'm going to give my 100% every time to try to win games. They're going to love to hear it. Thanks, Joaquin. We'll talk to you soon. All uh, right, thank you. That's Joaquin Soria, new White Sox reliever. We'll hear a little bit more uh, about the pitching rotation and how Joaquin fits into the bullpen in a little bit. Chris Getz, the White Sox director of player development, coming up after the news. But Sox fans, it's never too early to lock in a 2018 ticket package. Full and partial ticket plans are available, including a lower-level 10-game plan starting at $230. Take advantage of great benefits like discounted pricing and flexible payment plans. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. I'm Connor McKnight. More White Sox talk after the news. This is WLS AM 890. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight. And joining me, the Director of Player Development, Chris Getz of the Chicago White Sox. Hi, Chris. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Connor, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Hope the holidays went well. And, you know, we were talking just a little bit when we picked the phone up. I, I thought you had maybe another week or so of vacation, but you're in. The duties of player development have uh, have kicked in. You've got the hitters camp coming up, and then it sounds like a trip, and then spring training right around the corner. Yeah, when you, when you get through the holidays after the first of the year, you kind of know what's in front of you. Uh, you know, kind of those natural anxieties and excitement for spring training. But, the, you know, there's a lot of... A lot of planning that goes into to spring training and obviously the season. You know, as a player, you know, you showed up to spring training and you just, you, were, you just kind of took it for granted that, oh, everyone just shows up here and it's kind of push button and you go from there. And then I get on this side of things, you know, there's a little, there's a little bit more, more to it than just that. So where does the focus go, Chris, from like the first of the year, let's say, that you just mentioned to, to maybe this hitter's camp or into this hitter's camp? You know, the White Sox have picked up a couple of guys, you know, from the Padres, Jose Ruiz, Jose Rondon, guys who are on the fringe perhaps and can make a push, especially into that bullpen. Does it go to those type of guys and making sure their, you know, off seasons have put them in a spot, or does it go more toward the, the minor leaguers, the single A, the double A type kids at this point? Kind of all of the above. I mean, when when uh, the World Series is over and free agency uh, kicks in, obviously you start identifying uh, the players that you want to acquire to, to either upgrade the, the team or to, to fill holes that you may have, whether that's on the minor league side or the major league side. Um, and that's, uh, we, we're continuing continuing to do that. Obviously, we're, we feel like we're in a good spot with, with spring training right around the corner, and we've acquired some guys that we feel can ha- help us here in the short term and the long term. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, like I said, after the first of the year, you know, spring training starts staring at you a little bit, and uh, you start organizing uh, kind of the different waves, arrival times uh, for spring training. Obviously, you got major league camp on the minor league side. We, we do a mini camp that coincides with that major league camp, and then a regular camp, and then there's actually another wave that, that comes in um, that kickstarts our extended spring training. Uh, so just figuring out who, you know, who's going here, who's going here, Obviously, you kind of work down. You work down from from who who's going to be invited to major league camp. That'll affect your mini camp, mini camp upper level guys that you feel can 
you know, help out, uh, back up some games over at the major league side, also expose them to the major league staff um, against that type of competition. Um, and then you have uh, the regular camp guys that are just preparing for, uh, you know, their full season clubs. I want to ask a little bit about those camp assignments and how those work out. Let's say, Chris, for instance, a team had a prospect that was, you know, maybe one of the top five in baseball. Uh, let's say that guy was going to be invited to major league camp. And let's say, you know, you were part of those decisions as to what those assignments might be. Is there a sense that, you know, you think this guy should have X amount of time in big league camp and then move on? Are there, you know what I mean, like calendar dates that are that are like check the boxes that are like this would be great for him to get X amount of at-bats and then move on? Or do you let the player kind of decide that depending on where he's at in his own development? You know, generally speaking, you know, let's say you've got a, a top prospect, but he's a lower-level guy. He's not really competing to, to make the major league club. Just for instance. Um, the reality sure. of it is he, that he's, you know, coming down and, and being part of, you know, whether it could be an A-ball. So, uh, you know, the reasons for being in major league camp, there, there are a couple of reasons. And, I, and, you know, we're talking about, a let's say, that top prospect, lower level, just to expose them, get them to know the, uh, some of the major league coaches, be around some of the major league players, see their routines, their habits, uh, how they operate. We feel that there, there's great benefit in that, that he's going to take on and continue his development. And then you have the other guys that, okay, uh, there might be a little bit better of a chance to make the club, maybe an outside chance. And, you know, his performance in spring training will dictate maybe how long he's going to be there. Um, and then you got guys that are truly – I mean, they, they are truly competing for a spot on the club, and they're probably going to go down to the wire if they're performing. Um, so you've got, I'd say, probably three, uh, three types uh, in camp. So that's all, you know, that goes into the decision-making process. Initially, you've got kind of a plan in place. I probably see this guy kind of doing this, um, kind of just some guidelines, and obviously adjust uh, based on how things are going throughout spring. So earlier this week, Chris, the White Sox picked up Jose Rondon from the San Diego Padres, a guy who's got a pretty slick glove and knows how to get the bat to the baseball. Power's not necessarily part of his game, but for a good fielding shortstop, that doesn't matter perhaps as much. Where were you on the conversation, and how, do yours, how does your role play into the conversation to acquire a guy like that? And once he is in the organization, a guy, you know, like you mentioned, who you know, could see some time in the big leagues and has before, how do you factor in on, on that acquiring of a player and then, you know, kind of getting his assignments ready to go from here on out? Well, you're obviously monitoring the, the waiver activity on a daily basis. And, and those the reason you do that, you're always looking to upgrade your club. And, you know, sometimes there's players that come around. And, and maybe, you know, maybe it's a guy that, okay, we do have good depth, but this is a, you know, an average prospect, maybe an above-average prospect. We, you know, we, we project them to, to be able to help out our major league club in some fashion. We go ahead and acquire them. We're in a position where we're we're trying to acquire as much talent as we can, um, you know. And then being a guy that oversees the minor league system, I've got to be on top of our depth. So there are some areas that are a little bit leaner than others. Um, and when we bring up Jose Rondon. I would say if you look uh, looked at our minor league system. Middle infield, shortstop, probably an area that we need to, to continue to look to, to upgrade and, and improve there just so we're comfortable with uh, what we have moving forward here. I mean, I, it, we look at, obviously, we've got Tim Anderson, Yoel Moncada, and Tyler Saladino, guys that we feel like are uh, going to be part of this future here. But, you know, it's my job to be able to, to provide kind of the 
if something doesn't go right, if there's an injury, we need to have a guy that can slide right in there. So flip side of, I guess, that organizational depth or, or lack thereof and kind of shoring it up some with Rondon is a guy like Jake Peter being traded. Is there is there somebody that, that feels good about being able to give that guy perhaps a better opportunity, whether it's Jake or somebody else, a better opportunity that's maybe closer to the bigs when you are a team that has Tim Anderson and Yohan Mankata in the spots a guy like Jake plays? Sure. I mean, when, when you're talking about potentially doing a, a trade, I mean, obviously you look at, uh, what you're getting in return, does it, how does this help us, okay? Well, obviously, when, when you get Avalon and, and Soria uh, coming back, it, it's helping our bullpen there. Okay, we're going to have to give up something. Um, you know, Jake Peter, for example, is a guy, sure, I didn't, I didn't want to give him up. I like Jake Peter. He's a solid, solid baseball player. Um, I'd say his tools across the board are, uh, are pretty – you know, they're solid. This is this is a guy that knows how to play the game, can move around the diamond. I would love to have a guy like that in the system, but you look at what you're acquiring and how it's going to help you moving forward, you got to make the hard decision, okay, we're going to go ahead and do that deal. Um, so, I'll, you know, I talk about us being a little bit thin on the middle infield side, um, but you have to identify what you have, uh, what type of major league player you think he's going to be, um, and, and you, you kind of move from there. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does work. But, you know, kind of using our evaluation system, and uh, we felt that this was a move that we wanted to do. Talk with Chris Getz, the director of player development of the White Sox here on White Sox Weekly. I wonder, you know, on the rotation side, the pitching side, the White Sox obviously signed Miguel Gonzalez, who's a great fit for the rotation now and, and with what may happen in the course of the season. There's still, you know, with Carlos Rodon and, and perhaps being there at the start of the season or maybe a little bit farther back, there are some starts there that – you know, could go to a guy like Carson Fulmer, could get deeper into the organizational depth. There's this Kopech fellow I hear mentioned a lot, and Jordan Stevens and Jordan Guerrero. I mean, there are other guys, Spencer Adams even. Do you, as as the, the PDP guy, are, are, is that a carrot to dangle in spring training, or do you let guys see that and recognize that and fight for that on their own? Well, I think that carrot dangles just naturally. I mean, these guys are smart. They they they, they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, especially these upper-level guys that have been around a little bit. Um, obviously, they've had some success in professional baseball, and they want to be major league players. They're monitoring what's going on at the major league level, um, some probably more than others, but there is opportunity here. There really is. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to build out a, a starting rotation, and um, we've got some guys who we feel are going to be part of this uh, kind of movement that we're on here, and then some that, that may not, and, you know, that's, that's motivating for some of these guys. I mean, we've got – so some really good competitive uh, starting pitcher, starting pitching prospects. But, I mean, th- these guys are ready to go. I've gotten um, a lot of good feedback from uh, the offseason. These guys are, are kind of champing at the bit to, to get there and get going. Is it harder now than it used to be, Chris, to, to make a 25-man roster when you're not on the 40-man to start spring training? You know, the White Sox had Anthony Swarzak, you know, push into that mix last season a little bit different considering what the bullpen depth looked like and, and what his spring looked like. But it, it seems like teams have their 40 men's buttoned up a little bit more than, than perhaps in years past, perhaps even, you know, when you were playing, I wonder what you, I wonder how, how it looks from that, from your perspective, from your chair now. You know, I can't really speak to, I guess, the, looking back too far. Um, I, you know, it, I, I think as a player, you go in and okay, being a non-roster guy, uh, it's kind of a built in understanding you know, that's probably something I'm going to overcome. But as a player, I always believe, well, 
you know, if this is a true competition, I'd like to think that they're going to take the better player moving forward. And I think that is how most teams are going to operate. Um, we're going out there. We're going to try to win some ball games. We want the, the best player on the field that's going to help us move forward here. Um, so, you know, to, I, I think in our organization, obviously, you know, we're, we're at 40 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we feel that the guy comes in and he can help us and we feel like it, it's good for him to be on the club uh, right out of the gate, uh, we'll make that move. So, um, and I think the players believe that, and that's why they're, uh, like I said, excited to get out there and get going. As we're kind of excited to uh, get out there and get going as well with uh, Sox Fest coming up, you've got the hitters camp. What the, the hitters camp seemed to be such this, I don't know, it was Ricky Renteria's first last year. It, it, it seemed to be a really good get-together for a lot of those players, for the coaching staff. I, what do you hope to get out of that hitters camp when, it's, when things are all said and done? What are the goals there? Well, this is a... Uh, a bit of a unique one in the sense of this. We've got a pretty large group going out there. Um, we've got 30 players um, from major league all the way down to, to, to a ball. Even we've got a guy, uh, a rookie ball guy that's going to be there as well. So uh, we've got a wide range. Um, we've obviously identified these guys for a reason, but we've got Ricky Renteria. Todd Severson's going to be out there. We've got all our minor league hitting coaches, uh, our roving hitting instructor, uh, field coordinator, We've got uh, some people from the office that are going to be out there as well. And, you know, our first day out there, um, not only do we, do we meet with the players, and which we'll do on a daily basis, we pick topics, uh, we discuss, uh, obviously, um, we identify some hitting topics that we want to um, have kind of an open discussion with the players. But we also, prior to that, we sit down with our staff, okay, who are, what, what are the White Sox believing? What is our hitting philosophy? And just kind of get everyone together, open forum, and really line up what our goals are here moving forward for 2018 and beyond. Chris, appreciate it as always. Looking forward to seeing you at SoxFest. Thanks so much. All right, Connor. Thanks for having me. That's Chris Getz, the White Sox Director of Player Development. We will be back with more White Sox Weekly in just a couple, so stay right here. I'm Connor McKnight, and this is WLS AM 890. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly here on WLS AM 890. I'm Connor McKnight, and you can join the Bulls Sox Youth Academy on Martin Luther King Day, January 15th. That is tomorrow for a fun three-hour baseball or basketball camp. you got two sports stars in the family. They can make a day of it by having fun developing their skills in both sports. Camps are open to boys and girls ages 5 to 14, so call 630-PLAY-BALL or visit BullsSoxAcademy.com to register today. Just got off the phone with Chris Getz, the White Sox Director of Player Development, and earlier in the show we were talking with Joaquin Soria, brand-new reliever for the White Sox, acquired in a three-way trade from the Royals, so are you going to come over here and yeah, in, in talking with him and in, you know, just kind of conversations in and around Ricky Renneria spoke some in a conference call just earlier this week, not necessarily setting down a closer role yet. I'm going to be in, I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on a few different shows. I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see how Ricky Renneria wants to work the bullpen in the 2018 season. He has some interesting options. He's got some ability, especially now with Joaquin Soria and Luis Avilan added into the pen to let a few more veteran arms take some high leverage innings. But it'll be very interesting to see, I think, exactly what innings he deems high leverage. Or I guess the easier way to say that is if you're in a jam in the seventh, 
is that where you want to use Joaquin Soria? Do you want to get some of these younger guys used to uh, their high leverage in the middle of the games? Do you want them to see those last three outs? We talked with Joaquin Soria earlier in the show, and you know he mentioned, and a lot of people have a lot of guys who are who, who have you know two hundred and two career saves like Soria does. They'll tell you that that last three outs is different than any other of the twenty seven that you're looking to get. Having never done it, I can't tell you. And and some guys will tell you that, you know, they're good to go whenever, but there seems to be a prevailing sentiment, at least from guys who have done it, that those last three are different. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't value other outs in the game, that, you know, there aren't the, the priority on those other outs, especially when it's first and third and you've got, you know, the best lefty, of, of an opposing team coming up and you do have Andrew Miller in the pen and you're up by one run or, you know, those, those situations pop up and they're valuable just to say that those last three outs of the game are different. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're always more important than the middle innings either way. And I think Soria made a good point. Either way you cut it, you know, having experience with those last three outs is, is beneficial. He's a guy who's done that before long way around of saying, with some of the veteran arms that Rick Hahn has thrown to Ricky Renteria's bullpen here in the last week or so, perhaps there's an opportunity to get some of the young guys in that White Sox bullpen and who may still arrive later on during the season a chance at finding out what those last three outs feel like. We'll see. Uh, anyway, if you did miss the interview with Joaquim Soria or the interview with Chris Getz, you can, as always, head over to WLSAM.com slash White Sox. That's where we podcast each and every one of our shows. You can download them, uh, I believe, by segment. When we get into the season, the two-hour shows, you can download hour by hour. So if you missed an interview, if you missed a segment, you can always go back. Or perhaps it was a big news day, you know, a couple of trades have popped up. You can go back and listen to the show and find out what everybody thought here on WLSAM.com slash White Sox. Uh, one more transaction for the White Sox earlier this week that I, I don't want to leave uh, completely alone here. He's on the 40-man, though perhaps unlikely to make the 25-man roster. But we'll see. There's jobs to be had and jobs to be won in spring training, it seems. I think we'll talk a lot more during SoxFest about Jose Rondon, the middle infielder acquired from the Padres earlier this week. Um, But we talked a bit about him with Chris Getz, and we'll talk a little bit more about him here in case you missed the news or haven't read up on Jose Rondon. He was... One of the Padres' top 10 prospects heading into the 2016 season. Last year, he played 78, almost 80 games across AA and AAA. The uh, accumulated slash line or the total slash line for Rondon in both those levels, a 293 hitter, a 347 on base, and a 442 slug. He does not strike out much, 17.9% last season, his K rate. That's his highest ever in, in a season of ball. He has one option left, so it's not as though he has to make the 25-man roster. I feel like that's probably worth noting, too. The White Sox have acquired a guy that gives them a little bit more uh, flexibility, a guy who can start the season. As as you heard Getz mention earlier in the show, the White Sox do need a little bit of depth in the middle of the infield in the high minors in that AAA level. So Rondon's able to give you that as well. But uh, this is a guy who had some prospect shine around him. And in looking back through some of the Padres' transactions, Trey Turner was was dealt by the Padres because of a lot of different reasons, I suppose. And obviously, Trey had gone on to have a pretty good year with the Nationals uh, over the last two seasons. But 
there's a reason, I suppose, or at least there's some kind of underlying reason that Turner was made available. And part of that is, part of it was, rather, that Rondon was there. The bat-to-ball skill is probably the one that speaks the loudest for Rondon, and next would likely be his defense. Um, not necessarily Sue Andrelton Simmons out there, but certainly a good glove guy, a guy you can trust at shortstop. And, you know, with a utility player option, you know, available at the 25-man level, if it is Yolmer Sanchez and Matt Davidson and Tim Anderson and Yoan Mancata and Tyler Saladino, you know, you're looking at Lurie Garcia fits in there somewhere too, I think. And that will be fascinating to watch Ricky Renneria kind of navigate some. Uh, but, you know, perhaps there is a way for Jose Rondon to, to impress in spring training and maybe force the issue at the major league level. That's what this is kind of about. You know, the White Sox traded Jake Peter because you know, his position second base and there's that Mankata guy who's, who's not going to, you know, allow Peter to get much playing time there. So you find guys that, that you can take a little bit of a flyer on that you think can push for some time and that you think can, you know, really make your organization better from top all the way to the bottom. Those middle levels are important too because as we've seen, those pieces perhaps can be moved for multiple pieces, bigger pieces, impact pieces down the line when the team's ready to do that, when the team's window uh, more closely aligns with that kind of acquisition. So that's the Jose Rondon pickup, just one of the latest moves by the White Sox this offseason. Hopefully a lot more news once we get to Sox Fest. That's going to wrap it for the show today. Before we let you go, though, there is no better way to watch a White Sox game than premium seating. Chicago White Sox offer all-inclusive club areas, private suites, and the best locations and accommodations. They have the perfect option for two people or the whole office. So for more information, call 312-674-6330 or visit whitesox.com. That does it for us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week at noon. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890. You've been listening to White Sox Weekly, the official weekly talk show covering all things White Sox baseball. Listen every week for White Sox Weekly on WLS AM 890, the proud home for White Sox baseball.